Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. What's going on? You know who this is. This is your host. Lardy Miss Clardy, and welcome to Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio, on BTR, that is. And I have my co-host with me, Agape and Mystery. Say something, y'all. What's up? They, they so full over here, they can't even talk. Say something, y'all. What's going on, they, world they, love ones? How y'all they, doing? This is Agape. How y'all doing tonight? <laughs> Hey, everyone, this is Mystery. <laughs> all right, all right. And we are coming at you live from Moreno Valley, California, with good news and bad news, if necessary. So this is the place to be and to get heard right here on Lardy Miss Clardy and company on BTR. And tonight, it's about our business to tell your business and Black Businesses 101 where we at. Now, I'm going to say that all together. Black businesses, where we at? There you go. And as I said before, it's our business to tell your business using a few audios on where are all our black-owned businesses and what happened to the black business and what solutions we have as black people because we need to get back into gear, not just to participate in buying, but money power, ownership of black-owned businesses, and participate and buying from our own black-owned businesses in our own communities where we live. Now, I featured on these audios today, you know, uh, just something different to do uh, to tell the issues of what, you know, what's going on and what the solutions are on black-owned businesses. So we have tonight as features on these audios as a contribute to the advisor show on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, he's got some good stuff on how to become, you need, we, as he say, black people, we need to have our own businesses and we need to be in investing as well. And I think you're going to enjoy him when that time comes. Also, we have Maggie Anderson, a book writer, and also she is the CEO of Empowerment Experiment and our founder on Financial News, where she was talking about her concerns concerning the black-owned businesses in the communities and where she has started to go out and have been out there supporting black-owned businesses. You'll hear from her in a few. And then lastly, we have also Phyllis Hyman. Now, I know I went way back there, you know, but that's an unsung, you know, vocalist right there. But she had a business. And she wants to tell her part about why she's important. It was important to bring back her business back to the black communities because she felt as though that the black people, you know, blessed her to be uh, with some money 
in the singing world and in t entertainment. And so she wanted to give something back. And so she's going to give her uh, opinion on this audio, why she feels it's important for black people to uh, get back in the gear and get their business started in the black communities. Now, and, and this particular audio is coming from ebonyjet.com. So please join us to hear about how we become, how we, how we can become an impact, uh, impact in owning black businesses, 101, y'all, in our black communities. And if we just come together, I hope you become inspired to become active in revitalizing these efforts to be relevant in the economic movement. All right? Now, I give those efforts and credits to also economic movement and we're going to and it all goes to Mr. and Mrs. Minister Kujenga Ashe in Columbus, Ohio. Money reserved, it matters in the community. So, listen in, call in, feedback it's all what we need, and you call in at this call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684, and the toll-free number for all y'all that uh, is on economic reserve money, uh, don't got no phone, uh, no excuses, come on in and talk with us, 877 877- 483-3153. That number again is 877-483-3153. And again, we're going to ask this question. And if you got some answers on it, give us the feedback. And that question is, black businesses, where are we at? All right. So we get ready to start with the first audio clip. And we're going to listen to Miss Maggie Anderson on black businesses. Now why African-American owned businesses are still a rarity in many neighborhoods, including minority communities. News Our Economics correspondent Paul Salmon has been exploring that question, part of his ongoing reporting, Making Sense of Financial News. Maggie Anderson, her two daughters, her husband John. Nice suburban Chicago neighborhood, Upscale house, upscale life. And yet, the successful business professionals with brand name MBAs felt guilty for years. We thought we should be doing more. And we thought we should be doing stuff with the money that we made. Things like what? Make sure that whatever we do, it was with a black company, uh, a black family company, buy a, a product made from a black company, use black professionals, shop in black communities. And thus, the empowerment experiment, chronicled in the recent book, Our Black Year, buying strictly from black-owned businesses for 12 whole months. Starting out, the Andersons expected some problems shopping only at black-owned stores. They'd be smaller, selection not as great, prices a little higher, uh, maybe have to drive a little bit. We assumed there'd be probably about 20 uh, dry cleaners that we could choose from, you know, just in Black Pockets, not in Oak Park, where we live. What they found? One black-owned dry cleaner in all of the Chicago area. About two and a half miles from home in a mostly African-American west side neighborhood. 
years ago, it used to be a lot of black-owned businesses around, and, um, you know, funding just went down, and things just went down the foot after that, and it's black-owned businesses that seem to leave the area. So how did you survive? I've been in this location for about four years, and before then, my uncle was on this place for 20 years. And um, most of my survival came from contract business, you know, where we couldn't, you know, get the money from the neighborhood or, or people coming and, and patronize the businesses in the neighborhood, you know, due to the lack of jobs, you know, we had no revert to contract businesses. So that explains all those army camouflage shirts or whatever it was. That, that that's, that's the ROTC uniforms for the city of Chicago Public Schools. Most money spent by African-American consumers, even in their neighborhood shops, goes to non-black business owners who seldom invest in or hire from the local community, something the Andersons link directly to the 14% black unemployment rate and other economic inequities, and that they found the media failed ever to report. Don't just say that black unemployment is four times that of whites. Say that black businesses only get 2% of the $1 trillion in black buying power. And then say that black businesses are the greatest private employers of black people. Then you might be able to say, wow, if there were more support of black businesses, or maybe a little more of that one trillion back to those businesses, unemployment wouldn't be so high. They wanted to do something extreme enough that everyone, including their fellow members of the black upper middle class, would notice. Most folks like us think that, that we are giving back to the community by living well. We're stereotyping the game. Is that true, that middle-class black folks think that just being middle-class or upper-middle-class is enough? I do think that is a, a prevailing sentiment. Uh, there's almost, uh, there's almost a, a pride, for lack of a better word, in being able to kind of disassociate yourself in the African-American community from those you know, lower economic echelons in the community. It's not a lack of caring. It's not that we don't care about what's going on in the community, that we for the most part left, um, it's that we don't see a target anymore. There's nothing to go after. So that was really the point of the experiment. By month three, the Andersons had found their dry cleaner and a black-owned grocery store and a black-owned gas station 40 miles away, all located in largely black neighborhoods. We found a cool way to get gas. We would send that gas station our money, and the gas station owner would send us a gift card, and he was part of the DP franchise. So we got gas, food, and a dry cleaner. Everything else, we were just desperate and hopeful um, that something would pop up. And, and in the third month, we got a general merchandise outlet, and in the fourth month, we finally found a place to buy clothes and shoes for our daughter. In the meantime, they found a shop that described itself as a grocer's, but fell somewhat short. We thought it would be like kind of a small grocery where we can buy fresh meat and, and, and produce. There's nothing fresh in there. It's just canned goods, um, frozen burritos, frozen pizza. So that was the first one. Wow, this place is terrible. And, and we and the people who live in this community have to put up with it. Eventually, the Andersons found an actual full-service black-owned grocery store. And there used to be lots of black grocers in America. Thousands nationally, yes. And now? In January of 2009, there was one black closer in the entire state of Illinois. <laughs> one. That was it. The Andersons enlisted John to alma mater, 
the Kellogg Business School to survey the whole country. We used to have 6,400 in the 1930s. We had uh, 19 full-service grocery stores at the turn of the century. Now, those researchers at Kellogg who helped us with our study, they could only find evidence to three black-owned full-service grocery stores in all the United States of America. So what happened to all those black-owned businesses? Competition from megastores like Star Market or Walmart is one answer. But a fuller answer may be integration, says Cornell economist Vicki Bogan. Prior to desegregation, actually my parents are in that generation in which they weren't allowed to um, patronize certain kinds of restaurants. In that particular environment, if you were a black-owned restaurant, um, you were guaranteed a certain number of customers that didn't have any other option um, of eating in other establishments that they wanted to eat out. John Anderson agrees, but adds one more troubling factor. White man's ice is cold. <laughs> yes. White man's ice is cold. What is it? In the black community, there's a joke about how sometimes you feel like our goods and services are, are inferior. You know, like a psychosis, which is disturbing, because I'm, I'm not aware that this exists in other uh, ethnic communities. It was the one-two punch of integration. Of course, integration was great, but economically, it had a deleterious impact on our community. The first punch was, we were so happy to have the opportunity to shop at Woolworths and Sears that we felt like we was sticking it to somebody by going there. Hey, I'm going to spend all my money with you and show you that, that my money is just a dream. Then the second punch was that um, those retailers started recruiting my husband and me. So when I'm coming up in the 70s, the big goal of any mama, any big mama, is for her daughter or her son to get a good job at a big white company. So our would-be entrepreneurs, our talented tents, as we call them in our community, we flocked to corporate America. And, and they got all our money, and they got all our talent. If there isn't much disagreement over why the black community lost its retail jobs, there's plenty over what to do about it. Cornell's Bogan makes two points. First, the key need is for more capital to be generated by and invested in the black community. Just on a day-to-day -day basis, black businesses generally don't have the same access to capital, um, financial capital, even human capital, that uh, other types of businesses do. But the second point is that buying black won't make much of a difference. Even if you do find black retailers, says Professor Bowen. Even if you confine yourself to just purchasing from black merchants, where are those black merchants going to get their products? In today's global economy, um, it's likely that their suppliers are not going to be African American. They might not even be American. But one business the Andersons found certainly is. Black-owned Covenant Bank, which also reinvests in the community. Board member Kim Jackson. The percentage of dollars that go out of this community is far beyond most neighboring communities, and we definitely need to see that decrease. We can and have supported ourselves and sustained ourselves. We need to go back to that. And Maggie Anderson's efforts do seem a step in that direction. What percentage of your customers would you guess are like Maggie Anderson coming here specifically to patronize black I'd say maybe 10% of my customers, you know, because of Maggie. So before Maggie 
came here and wrote about you, what percentage of your customer base was here to patronize a black business? I would say before, maybe 1%. The Anderson Effect. Making a small dent in inner-city Chicago, which needs all the economic revitalization it can get. All right, all right. Now we are back, and you have heard about the Maggie Anderson effect. Now, uh, welcome back to Lardy Miss Clardy on Blog Talk Radio. And you can call in at this calling number if you got something you got to say about where we at with black businesses, okay? But however, uh, that number is 347 884 8684. That number again is 347-884-8684, and the guest call-in number uh, is 877-483-3153. That number again is 877-483-3153. That's the toll-free number. And as we still stand, we're talking about economics now, because back last week uh, when myself uh, Agape and Mystery was talking on the subject about, you know, bringing our people together. Where, are, you know, how was we going to be able to do that and, you know, and deal with, you know, what's at hand, which is economics. And this is economics that we're talking about. And so it's all about this round. It's about our black-owned businesses. We need them back in the community. I remember a long time ago, uh, you know, in the early 80s, uh, in Columbus, Ohio, where we had uh, on each corner, we had six or seven uh, corner stores. And then we had on the next street, we had floral shops, uh, clothing store, all of that. Mr. Lee's, anybody that knows about Mr. Lee's in Columbus, Ohio, O'Kane's. Uh, Edwards Drugstore. Now, Edwards Drugstore is there right now today. It's the only black-owned business on Mount Vernon Avenue. There was another food liner that was a while back ago called Carl Brown's that was on Mount Vernon Avenue. Now, Carl Brown's is down and gone, okay? They tried to build Stapleton's, another black-owned business, which it was a grocery store, a grocery store like if I can say, like food for less here right. in California. Right. Reason why it didn't do well? Because black people in the community did not participate. Mm -hmm. And there was thievery that doesn't happen. It broke all up into the place, mm -hmm. and, you know, it just didn't thrive. Right. So, you know, those are other areas of why black businesses are gone now today. However, you know, we are needing, we are starving again to have those businesses back in order to revitalize the community itself. So listening to uh, Maggie Anderson, you know, and I remember I went to one of her seminars that she had in Columbus, Ohio, and I bought her book. Now, you know, again, uh, she means very well. She is serious and adamant about us as black people getting into the habit of, you know, participating to buy from our black-owned companies, you know, because they need our business. And as you just heard, this uh, this uh, this uh, black man that owns cleaners, what happened? Before she came, it was a 1% deal going on. So she's going across the board 
talking to people about other businesses that she done been to, which is marketing and, and pr- promoting, you know, other people's businesses where businesses can then flourish to come in and patronize those specific places. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Agape, what is it that you got out of this um, uh, audio clip that, you know, brings something to mind for? Well, one thing... First of all, how y'all are doing out there? This is agape. <laughs> <laughs> it's agape. It's agape. It's agape. I'm glad to just let y'all know out there. I love y'all. But um, yeah, one thing I took um to mind was uh, something that was said. Um, the lady was saying that what good is it for you to own a black business like the grocery store or something? Because when it comes to you getting your supplies and things of that nature, you're still going to end up having to get them or outsource get them from somewhere else, even people who are not from America. I thought that that was pretty interesting, and I thought to myself, like, well, you know, people can look at that as like a, a deterrent, like, like, oh, yeah, well, I, I'm not going to be able to succeed because i got to steal. And my mind stayed on that is like, look, we got to start somewhere. So what if you're able to get a grocery store or 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 uh, or or a gas station? Yeah, you're gonna have to do business outside. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and establish the relationships with these people. Now you but in know. Your mind, I'm hey, sorry. I got paid. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got paid. I'm so sorry, but I ain't never ever 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 seen a black-owned gas station. But that's what we need Woo! to have. You know, and, and, she and we can do. She found one. She she found found one. Only one. Only, only one. one. Where, and where was it at? Forty miles from her house. Okay, where, where was that at? And that wasn't in California. <laughs> and it wasn't in Columbus, Ohio. And it wasn't in Columbus, Ohio either. But you know, we need to have uh, stuff like that and yes. deal and, and strengthen our relationships with other cultures right. who are on the other side of these businesses. Right. But the whole time while we're developing these businesses, we need to have in our mind like, okay, we need to get an oil reserve. We need to talk to our brothers and sisters over in Africa and get control over these certain aspects that we know if we had control, we would control the whole circle, the whole cipher of how the money is being spent, where it's going, and what it's being invested into with the grocery stores. You know, you're going to get produce from, from different nationality farmers. Get it done. The whole point is for you to open up the grocery store. Go ahead and share some money with these people. But in the back of your mind, develop something with some of your brothers and some of your sisters. Like, okay, y'all got this farm out in North Carolina. Let's get some produce on it so we can start getting your produce into my You know what I mean? It's, it's like It's like... Like borrowing from the bank, you know you're gonna to have to go to the man to get the money to get your business started. It's not like you're going to one of us to get the money to get your business started. You know you're gonna to have to go to the man. But the whole point is, is to go to the man, get the money invested into yourself, and then start controlling everything around you. And as well as opening up businesses in our own neighborhoods, you know, like the gas station is 40 miles away from where where that particular person lives. You know, I'm the type of person that thinks like this. I will start up a business, you know, and, and not a, not even let anybody know that I own the particular business. Because on paper, it's going to be black owned. But you, we deal with so much racism in this country. Mm, that that's a if, good thing. If that's, we that's open good. up a business, then we'll, we'll 
deflect certain people from coming. I want to open up a grocery store and name it something that is so friendly to everybody that they don't even know. <laughs> Called the friendly store. <laughs> that they don't even know that a black person owns it, so I can get everybody's Ooh, money. Okay, you know, you know that's a, that's important because it has to be user friendly. Right. It's just like when they do uh, websites. Don't yeah. nobody know who them websites is being yeah, made by, right. but that's they right. tell you. It to be user friendly. So, you know, that means you have to get you you can't you can't say yo 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 store is naps and cuts. They yeah. know what that is. They know what that, <laughs> they is. Know what that is, okay? I mean, at, least for the, at least for the first round, like the first wave Neck of your business. And, and, and collard greens. They know where that's coming from. Oh, yeah, they know that what that is. So you but have to make it, it new agent. You know at what least saying? for the first wave of your business, oh. you want to try to make it something to where it's neutral. Yeah. So you can build your capital. Right. You know, once, right. You, once you've built your capital, then you can open up more chains. Once you have your ducks in order, then you can start letting people know, okay, yeah, this That's is African-American-owned because by that time, you already have your clientele in line. Right, and right. And it's not right. just your community. Okay. Well, okay. Now, if there's anybody out there that, you know, got something to say about black businesses, and we're going to say this together, y'all, black businesses, where are we at? Okay. Now, you know, and if you got something to say on where they at, uh, or anything on the subject of where are we at, uh, call in at the call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 877-483-3153. That's a toll-free number I just got finished saying. And then now I'm going to go back and I'm going to uh, repeat 347-884-8684. Now, Agape, you did speak the truth right there. That's good stuff. You know, because sometimes, like like you said, we do face racism. I mean, it's still going on. So, mystery in this particular uh, in this particular uh, uh, audio that you heard, what stood out to you? And then after we finish, then we'll go to a caller and see what's going on. How they think about it. All right, come on. Let's let's see what you got to say about it. Well, what I thought was interesting, and it's something that us as black people have to think of, and it has it has to do with what you're saying, too, Agape, about uh, not necessarily about where we're getting our business from. Right. Because the dry cleaner gentleman was saying that his business does not necessarily come from, quote, unquote, the black Mm -hmm, community mm -hmm, itself. mm -hmm. Right. But he has contracts. Right. Us as black people, we have to think about that aspect of it, too, to depending on what type of business you own, you know, you can have contracts. Or contracted. You to the mm-hmm. business of, you know, state agency, government agency, they all get bids. Right. So everything works as a contract. Right. So we got to look at that aspect of it, too, because that's another important And maybe there's some people that don't want to deal with that. Don't you know, because it's so or time-consuming. Or, right, or don't, don't know. know. Don't know how to go about right. it. Don't mm-hmm. know how to be entered into right. it. Right. another thing that, you know, we hmm. need us. Us as the people, we still need a lot of knowledge on how to go about right. having businesses. We right. can't just necessarily just jump into it without the education. Absolutely. Of it. So you know, I thought that was that part that's, was that's, that's good. Well. That's good. That's good. And and you know what? And what really uh, uh, what you what brought more to 
to uh, to the point of what you were talking about about uh, racism, and you know, could be some of the aspects of why. Okay, even though we are talking about you know black people patronizing black-owned businesses, but then just like we as black people, we patronize anybody's business. We don't have that color scheme thing going on. But where I saw, remember when we was listening on the tape, I mean on the uh, uh, audio, where the lady was talking about in the time of desegregation. Right. You see what I'm saying? You know that people of the other race you know, weren't allowed to go and patronize right. certain businesses, as right. you said. Right. So I'm going to leave it there for right now, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to – oh, you got well, something else well, to say? This, okay, this, and then we'll go and yeah, we'll we'll get go a call. Caller, but let me say this, too. Like, just within what you're saying, mm-hmm. when that time changed, it was like she was saying, like, the, the black community would go – like in our time, would go to a Walmart right. just to let you know, yeah, I got money, right. like you're sticking it to them. Right. But in a sense, that's kind of backwards thinking because all you're doing is building up their business. Right. I mean, you're getting a certain amount of pride by saying, oh, I can shop here too. Right. But you're not doing anything but adding to their prosperity. A- absolutely. So I, I thought that that was pretty interesting when she said, when she was talking mm-hmm. about that. Well, let's go and get us a caller. You know, let's go any, many, many more to the caller. Here we go. <laughs> and we go with your uh, first, um, your uh, your area code, and then the last four digits of your uh, telephone number, and you will be on the line to state your case in black businesses. Where are we at? Okay. So that number is 419. And the last four digits, five four five six four. Caller, you are on the air. Welcome to Lardy, Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. State your case. What you got to say about this? Well, hello, first of all. Uh, this is Angela hello. Hawkins. Hi there. How are you? I am fine. How thank you. Thank you. And thank you. I am president and CEO of Your Computer Needs of Toledo LLC in Toledo. Okay, Ohio. well that's wonderful. Very nice to meet you. Can you re can can you can you restate where you from? Where you calling from again? I'm calling from Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Toledo Ohio. Ohio. All right, Toledo. Welcome, sister. Welcome. Yes. Thank Tell you. us what you think about what's going on uh, in the uh, black business world. Uh, especially with black-owned businesses, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I would have to say as far as in my neck of the woods is quite challenging and can be quite despairing, but nevertheless uh, surviving and keeping on, keeping on, as they say, number one. Right. Number two, uh, number two there was something mentioned in the audio. I think a little bit was mentioned earlier, but... I wanted to say the aspect of when it came to trying to find jobs and how in the case with the Woolworth, you know, just to prove that, yes, we are capable of not only applying to work there but also spending money there. There wasn't education at that time as far as do you know that if you are applying for a job there and also spending your money there, you're becoming more of a, consumer than a benefactor. Yes, from, that's right. From that, 
it was about survival and at the time of the desegregation to try to, might as well say, overcome so you can come over. And, and that's that right. right. And have that right to do so. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we, we need to respect and also be thankful for those who paved the way because it wasn't easy for they that sure way did. to be paid anyway. Now, since I mentioned I'm from a computer training and consulting company, and I am 100% African-American, female-owned. All right. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. I'm going to give you an applause. There's the black business right there. Thank you, sister. (laughs) You're welcome, sis. Let me take it from a computers and technology point of view. That, That needs to be increased ASAP. Uh, let me mention yeah. uh, just a quick scenario as far as the contracts or contracting or trying to get certified uh, statewide, federal, wide, and anything else like that. Awesome. Uh, right. Uh, I don't know necessarily as far as other states. It varies, but the process is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now the filling out of any certification or any contract biz is online. Mm. Everything you're saying, all the businesses anymore, instead of, you know, being in a storefront, are now uh, deciding to be on on the web, on the web now, Internet. Yeah, that's increasing. And you also have those who, if they still do have a storefront, they also need to be online. Okay. So, So, in other words... Although that the economy is a little wishy-washy still and that, uh, you know, even though at one point in time it wasn't, you know, storefront businesses for renting, you know, wasn't that much. But in this day and time, it has gone up a lot in terms of being able to take care of, you know, the overhead of a business versus going on the internet where it don't cost you hardly nothing and you still get, you know, your uh, product sold. Exactly, because we're more in a technological age right now. And a lot of your consumers, if you market to them right, you have to market to them in a tech-savvy way, be it on the internet, be it making sure that you have uh, the tools and the necessities to market to mobile communities, Androids and all of that, to mm-hmm. those who, you know, can download an app, let's say, from your store on their tablet. Right. You you, you got to okay. be tech savvy. You, but That's you good. That's right. On, That's right. Right. But you'd be surprised on how many businesses still have owners. They do their best to operate their business but are computer illiterate. Not computer literacy. That's the truth. Now, that's where we were trying to get at, you know, in order for the black businesses to thrive, as you are saying, that they they need to upgrade with the times because the times are no longer, you know, hard copy starting from scratch from, you know, from the bottom up. It's now everything is technology computerized, and you have to know software and different things and in order to uh thrive from you know where things used to be much simpler. I feel if i you know me myself i would 
I would still probably do a business from the ground up. That's so just to keep in reminding that I can still do that because to a lot of the degree, even though that technology is a great thing to have, but boy, do it take away some of your brain cells of memory. I'm serious. Girl, let me tell you, it take away some. uh, Look, it used to be that my brain used to be a telephone book. Now Mm -hmm. that these telephones is out, and you just put the telephone and put the name in there, and now almost all my memory is gone. Yeah, put a mention. You don't even look at the number anymore. You just look at the phone. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's who's gone. Well, don't worry. I knew what she meant. I knew what she meant. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? And so... You're absolutely right, and we do do have to be tech savvy, but I still encourage, you know, uh, even though we're becoming or we are tech savvy and should be tech savvy, that we should hold on to our old school way of doing things, too. I don't want to lose that because, you know, because we have our children, too. We don't want to uh, have them to forget how to milk a cow and now we got this technology that milked a cow for you. You know what I'm saying? You know. Right. Right. And, and, and excuse me for interrupting. It's not that I don't uh, disagree with you. I do agree with you. But there is also the adaptation and also doing what you need to do in order for your business to thrive and to absolutely. survive. Absolutely. You're okay. absolutely yes. right. Right. You don't want to lose the foundation of what it takes to milk a cow because machinery and technology can have it where you need to call somebody to fix the machine <laughs> because the fix machine broke down and you got people who are there who are like, okay, well, what do we do now? Okay, well, you need to sit down on this, you know, sit in this position, <laughs> make sure you hold your hand on this part the cow makes you hold the back. Oh, no, I'm not touching that cow. You lost your mind. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, you the, know. Right, and then on the other side, and, and uh, again, excuse me interrupting, you got to have the foundation how it takes to milk the cow, but then do you have someone to film this and upload it on YouTube or conduct it as an online course to show that, that because... Yes. There's a balance. Now there you is talk, a that's the truth. Yes. Right. There's a balance you need to have because you can be, as mentioned before, the storefront, but the question of today, if you can't answer it, you are having a bad reputation about your business and bad news can spread. The question about you right. got a store, okay, how many locations do you have? Okay, the question now, do you have a store? Where's your website? Right. That's what it is. That's the first question. That's right. First question. Now, that's the first question. Being tech savvy. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't a question maybe 30 or 40 years ago, let's say. Right. That's a question now. And your question, and the answer should be, what is your storefront? What is the site? The site should be, well, the answer should be to the question, www.whateverthestoryis.com. That's right. That's That's right. right. Exactly. Or, or, or dot is or dot, you know, whatever. Well, yeah. And so I want to ask you, sister, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I want to ask, That's okay. um, you know, because I know that you know what it is to be about business. So I'm going to ask this question. Okay, mm-hmm. Even 
though that, uh, you know, we have, like what you were saying, that, uh, you know, you have the how-tos, you know, for, uh, uh, you know, uh, for for hands-on uh, of how to do things hands-on when technology fails. But what? But my problem is, is why is it that there are some businesses that are afraid to to give this information to you to learn this uh, because they're afraid that they're going to, you know, that you're going to excel over them if they give information that helps them to get, uh, you know, in a position to be able to help others. Uh, actually, part of that question was just answered. They're afraid that you will excel. They and that's what afraid. we're dealing with with the black businesses. I feel right. that's what's going on with the black businesses for the reason why we can't put our money together or pool together. Even some of those businesses that are in the social area and they're black owned businesses that have uh that's out there in the in the community doing social things and they all are doing the same thing but they won't come together up under one umbrella uh for the cause and that bothers me. So how can we even start? That's what I'm asking a question too. The thinking doesn't need to be territorial. Unfortunately that's the main reason why if you got two or three businesses that can come together to come together to work along and gain, let's say, the contract for the project, come together as a partnership, mm-hmm. iron out all the details. Right. And the problem lies in which, in which okay, why is this business uh, in the partnership getting more than me? Why okay. are they going to cover this area when that's my territory and my customers? I'm afraid that they will try to get my customers and take advantage of that situation and then all of a sudden end up becoming the monopoly, which it should not be. All the Absolutely. details need to be ironed out and all the stipulations need to be agreed upon. Uh, that Absolutely. we need to do we do, do need to do better than that. And then the other part of it is not to come with that type of thinking in the first place. Put it aside. That's right. Talk, yes. talk about the positives and the talents that you have and yes. how your talents from this company and how this other company's talents, when you all come together, can be yes. for the better service, the greater good, and also... Yes. A lot of people don't think businesses should think this way, especially black businesses, but there is a reason why it's called black business because in business you have to think this way for the greater profit. Now, you on another show, it's a profit versus nonprofit. That's, again, that's another show. But a lot right. of times it is for-profit entities. And understand, if they're for-profit entities, they're going to think about profit, and they should be and must be paid fairly equally, and without a problem. 
Okay, now we're going to stop right there and we're going to take another pause. There's another audio that I need to put on. And you stay put, Toledo. Toledo. I want you to stay put because, uh, you know, you're going to be a very important piece uh, to putting together this puzzle about black businesses one-on-one, where are we at? You know, and the things that you are speaking about is very relevant, and we need that kind of talk. Yeah. So we'll be right back, and it's our business to tell your business on Black Businesses on Where oh, We yeah. At. And so we'll be right back. You call in at the call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And the guest toll-free number is 877-483-3153. Come and give us your feedback. We are to our next audio, and we'll be with you shortly. I run a black-owned company. In other words, it's a, it's a minority-based company. Most of my employees are black or Hispanic, and I deliberately started that years ago mm-hmm. because of the unfortunate dilemma of minorities in the workforce and in the entertainment field where the blacks generate billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. We don't often get the opportunity to reap the benefits from that money that we generate, Mm -hmm. and considering that I generate part of that billion, I'm going to take it back to the community that put me here in the first place. That's very important to me. It makes sense. It's like adding one and one together. It makes Mm -hmm. two. Well, if the community put me out here, I've got to bring the community where I am. Mm -hmm. It's that Mm -hmm. simple. And it it makes so much sense to me. I don't understand why others don't do it more often. Well, I was going to ask you that. Why don't you think they are? I have not asked any other black artists. Uh, I don't know. I have witnessed other artists, I, wit- I look at Tina Turner, mm-hmm. and I have asked uh, the company about her staff, and I know she has no black people on her staff, excluding one guy, I think, who takes care of her costumes and all. Diana Ross, uh, I don't believe she has many blacks on her staff. I have seen her, her tour book and all, and you mm-hmm. see photographs, unless they all stay home, mm-hmm. and like they took the pictures, I don't know. But I think it, I think it stems from the the... Oh, the the uh, stereotypes from old from from days past. And I remember when I first got in the business, all of the managers, mm-hmm. the the big guys came around, and I took my time. I was not in a hurry to do anything, and they were very peeved by that attitude. They knew I wasn't being conceited, but it's just that I wasn't in any, any hurry. I was making a decent living doing nightclubs. I just didn't understand what management meant, and I don't like to sign contracts. Mm-hmm. I, I knew enough from working as a secretary in legal services that once you put your name on that piece of paper, you are bound and gagged, and I don't like that. I like to be bound by my word, and those mm-hmm. people who have worked with me over the years know that my word is my bond, and I don't go back on that, mm-hmm. not in in certain areas. You know, if I say I'm going to do something in a contractual sense, I'm going to follow that. And mm-hmm. I think that we're made to believe that you sing and I, the the management, let me do the other work. And we, we're brought up to believe that blacks can't do the the managerial part the same way in baseball where the gentleman said that blacks were not intelligent enough, if I'm not mistaken. I know he said something in that mm-hmm. order. 
to mean we can't handle that sort of job. What a ridiculous thing to say. Mm -hmm. Bless his heart, too, by the way. I love the fact that he said that. I'm not angry with him at all. It's so nice to have someone say what we know everybody's thinking. Absolutely. And <laughs> this industry says that all the time. And I say, how can I think I'm a decent human being? How can I think I have integrity? And how can I think I'm a professional and not look for other blacks to be the same? That just makes, that does not compute. Mm -hmm. How can I say I love myself and not have bring others along with me? Because there are lots of me's around. You know, mm -hmm. there are lots of other people around who want to work hard and who are drug and alcohol free and who love their mothers and fathers and are good to their children. There are a lot of us. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's very important for me. And and uh, I've been doing it now. I've been I've had my company for ten years, mm -hmm. and I've always always uh, had had a company made up of that type of uh, people. Mm -hmm. And it's worked wonderfully. All right. Now, we are back, and welcome back to Lardy, Miss Clardy, and Company on BTR and with my co-host, Agape, and Mystery. And we're talking about It's Our Business to Tell Your Business, Black Businesses 101, Where Are We At? Now, what you just heard was an audio clip that was from Phyllis Hyman, as I said before, I know I went way back, you know, because in that day and time, you know, uh, we want to know what was also going on with the entertainers and the entertainers today. Now, of course, there are some that have black-owned business, but where are they at? You see what I'm saying? That's the part. So this is what we I wanted to bring Phyllis Hyman to the forefront and why she felt that she... Uh, you know, needed to give back to the community because, number one, it was the community, the black people that were buying, you know, her music, and she wanted to give back, and she felt it was the, mo the most, re the reason for her doing it is for integrity reasons, and she said for the love, you know what I'm saying? How how can you love yourself and you don't help them come along with you, you know what I'm saying? If I make it, you know, I'm bringing back so you can make it. Yeah. Now, that's love. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What happened to that in this day and time? Is, did technology take the love out of the, you know, out of the reality that we are still people that need to be together and come together and know that we can depend on one another? Or, or what is it, you know? So getting to you, Mystery, this is your hit right here. What do you think about what you just heard? Um, I think she has a point that's relevant today um, with regard to stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Very good, yes. Other people have stereotypes about us as black people, but us as black people have stereotypes about us as black people. And, I mean, she mentioned, too, I don't know either of these women's history of their hiring mm -hmm. process, mm -hmm. but she mm -hmm. mentioned Tina Turner and Diana Ross, who had little to no black staff. Right. And I think it does stem from the fact that we all stereotype ourselves, us included, about the fact that That's we right. are either we can't do it, we don't know how to do it, we That's won't right. do it, we won't do it right, we'll right. take from it, we'll, we'll we bring can't, it down. We, uh, we got all we these can't excuses. manage it, be a manager. Right. Or we need somebody else involved in it for it to be for successful. And Bells is the exactly. one that be stealing all your money. You know what I'm saying? They be like, well, you don't want, you don't want to do this yourself. And I don't know if that's 
basically because they, they it's a you know it's a lot to try to you know be out there to do the business that you do and then you got to come back and do all the accounting and everything to right. it and it, you know so it's best to just give it to someone else but that's what's wrong with society right now today and that's what's going on with people that we put in offices to manage our affairs and look what's going on but we we still feel we need them to uh, you know, to do our business, and they are still, they're like kleptomaniacs, they steal everything you got. There's still, I mean, and, and there's still, with all these different job titles, mm-hmm. now, I mean, it's different <laughs> than back in the day. Nowadays, there's account, there are African-American accounts. Okay. You know, well, there Ted, are, ooh, that, let, mean, me, let me, let me, let me we have mm-hmm. to give, mm-hmm. we have to give each other a chance. To, I, to do business with, with each other. Right. Okay, let's do this. Okay, before we put uh, back to Lito on the phone, i got to get to her, you mm-hmm. know. And if there's anybody out there that do want to call in and have something to say, call in at the call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And that toll-free number again is 877 That number again is 877-483-3153. And where I was coming at, let's go back. There is a, a, there's a man, and I've been, you know, doing a little research with Ted Williams, the golden voice, Mm -hmm. that was homeless in Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And he got re- uh, would you say refounded, acclimated, founded, refounded again mm-hmm. to be a part of the getting back into the swing of doing radio right. and what he does with his voice? Mm-hmm. And he got in contact with you know uh, the people that can manage him. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was that you know in the three years of him battling you know cocaine or whatever addictions that he had to go through, you know just to get himself together, there were people that were signing him off and taking his money, which did now he was back in a slump of being broke all over again because why he was entrusting somebody because one, oh my God, I'm back into the into right. the into the into the game of the business again and you know you're hungry, you mm-hmm. know, because you know that's where you're supposed to be. Okay, I fail, whatever, but you want to put your trust into someone. Right. And then something like that happens. And so what do you do from there? Okay, you said second chance. That's what he's doing, getting a second chance, third chance, fourth chance to get it together. And especially with people that say that they want to manage affairs. And that's a, something to be able to trust somebody with your affairs. And this is what we're going to ask uh, Toledo because Toledo has her own business. Right. And I, I'm... I'm curious to know is you know is is she doing her business alone and doing her accounting or whatever, uh, or that she has somebody that's truly that's trustworthy that is not going to skin her alive, you know, right, her right. And taking her money, and that she's blessing you know that person to take them along with her as she rises, as long as they you know be real with her. Hello. 
We're going to get back to Toledo. Toledo, I'm getting ready to put you back online with the 419 area code 4564. And, you know, I'm sure that you heard what I had, the question that I had to ask. What do you think about, you know, the uh, that particular audio with Phyllis Hyman and your your take on you know, what's happening with your business. Do you do your business alone, you know, and you do everything to, you know, as managing your own business to yourself, or do you have people that you truly trust uh, that will do a good job and, and, and not to rip you off and, or, you know, or set you back in any kind of way? Well, number one, I'm a solo premier, as they call it, so I'm a one-woman shop. Okay. Uh, well, I need to, and I do look forward to having employees in the future or what I will do. And believe it or not, a lot of businesses are doing this now. They're doing what's called outsourcing. Uh-huh. Right. We do know that. Getting, uh-huh, uh, getting uh, you know, uh, independent contractors. Right. The same, almost the same uh you can call it philosophy or you can call it rule of thumb that you have to follow. You, whether it's an employee or an independent contractor that you get, mm-hmm. uh, you will need to follow through and know the difference between having an employee and an independent contractor because there is a difference, number one. Right. Number two, uh, almost similar to the application process, uh, whether you do it with employee or independent the contractor, you do want someone who's trustworthy. You do want someone who will follow through with what the vision is of the company and, okay, yes, yes, to not rip you off as well because in case anything bad happens, you have to follow suit with whatever the policy is. One of the things I admire about the audio that I listened to was the goal of who you were seeking out to hire. Yeah, you want to say it this day in case she was still around because I have to admit I was a, I still am a big Phyllis Hyman fan and I miss her. Girl, very come much. on, <laughs> you you know you know I had to go dig her up here. That's yeah. the girl. Yeah, that hey that that was my girl too. Uh, I tell yeah. the see the talent that's out there now is beyond words. I mean, you can start with great and magnificent and still wouldn't touch some of how the talent is, but the talent now, if anybody's seeking after it, and including in the future me, to know that the talent now is more tech-savvy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, you've got, you got companies, believe it or not, that aren't quite ready for that or have not adjusted to that yet or made efforts to make adjustments to that. Yes, you still want them to foundationally do whatever the job requires, and there was something mentioned earlier that job titles have changed. It sure has. That so, was that was mystery. That was mystery that said it. Okay, hi there, yeah. mystery. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's that's, that's yeah. mystery. She's the one that said that one. Okay. Okay. Great. And, and it's true. It is true. You gotta take that into account. You gotta take into account that make it known during the orientation that these are the and and it's nothing to try to 
down anybody or whatever. Right. You're applying as an employee. As an employee, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G is expected right. of you. Right. Just as, yes, you as an employee, if you want to be hired at this company, mm-hmm. employees these days, believe it or not, have a right to say, okay, according to your name of the company, you are A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do anticipate that as a company, you will treat me as one, two, three, four, and five. Because just as you as a company, if I do anything wrong, uh, this will be the result of consequence, <laughs> including reprimand or whatever. And hey, that's a why company, I put a disclaimer out there. Right. <laughs> Put a disclaimer. There you go. <laughs> right. Because I think a good number of companies, and on the other side, let me add independent contractors with that too. The knowledge of everything from code of conduct to any harassment yes. information, they know. You know too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People, not only are they more tech savvy, they are more educated and more smart. You have companies that aren't really ready for that. And according to them, oh, they're in a hole. Wait a minute. You're going to come that forward to me? I'm a person just like you. Okay. I have a right to. That's mm-hmm. right. Hey, you know, you know, Phyllis Hyman struck a struck a string when she said, "Look, I don't like dealing with contracts." She said, "Cause once you get bound up in them, you may not never come out." In other words, you know, that's uh, you know, paraphrasing it. But she said she want to be bound by her word. You know, cause mm-hmm. all at the end of the day, you got is your word. You know. So, you know, as the ad with that disclaimer, I ain't going to give you no contract. I'll just say memorandum of understanding. (laughs) 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 That's right. Here's a memorandum of understanding. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and in case anybody uses it, make sure that she gets credit for it. (laughs) Correct. 
uh, how it's supposed to be. If you have it, in some cases you have to have it notarized. No, that contract can be a little bit more than just the black and white that uh, you see in front that you got to sign your name on. Okay, mm-hmm. check this out. Check this out, Toledo. You know, while you were sitting there talking, I just started giggling because, first of all, when you're doing a contract and all the stuff that you just mentioned, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like that you're going to have to go to school for law so you can read the fine print or those different words that they use as legal jargon in there. And if you don't know anything about that, you're going to get hooked up like from in the Bible. What's that What's that man that was in the Bible that wanted to marry Rachel but ended up with Leah? And, you know, and even though the father said, okay, if you work for me for seven years, you can have Rachel. And he ended up working seven more years, never getting Rachel, finally after what? What, how many years? How many years? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think it's 20, 20 years. years believe, and now, yeah. he done, now the man had already breached the contract, but because, <laughs> but because he, don't, he, don't, he, don't, he can't read the fine print he was being used, you know what I'm saying, manipulated, he couldn't get out the deal. You see what I'm saying? Because he wanted Rachel too bad. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know what, what, what the people nowadays go through. They be hurrying up trying to, you know, hurry up and buy a house. They so happy. They, you know what to do is just throw the paper in their face. Sign this, sign this, sign this. And instead of saying, wait a minute, can I have three days to read this before I sign? Or anything that you sign, you might want to take a pause for the cause and go and get some somebody to read it for you that understand contract mm-hmm. language. Because yeah, they're, they're, and I believe and I believe that's why uh uh Phyllis Hyman was saying she didn't she did not want to have nothing to do with contracts and she didn't and she was smart enough to take whatever money and went underground and and worked to the sing or whatever she was doing and invest in her business so that she did not have to uh you know go through the hardships like people you know that's in the business now today and and top businesses like entertainment and stuff and they're signing these contracts signing their lives away you know and don't even know what they're doing and some of the managers that's with them don't care because they're gonna get paid regardless right you see that goes back to education because if you're not educated about knowledge about okay let's say the contracting number one because contracting back when Phil Hyman was doing it is quite different than contracting now. Yeah. You Absolutely. have to have that knowledge. Yeah. You you yeah, you gotta have the attorneys or whoever your representative or uh mm-hmm. you know, publicist or whoever who you have assigned doing that, uh, understand and making sure you get your fair share, your fair pay and everything. Of course they're gonna make sure they're gonna get theirs or you know, Absolutely. As well. the uh, off the top, of course. Uh, and you got to understand the dynamics, all of that. That now it's okay. The other word, copyright, for instance. Uh, too many don't know what copyright is. When Tell you don't them what have that knowledge, I'll put the synonym part of it. It's called <laughs> making sure you're lawfully protected. Yes. It, it could be your. It could be your slogan. I mean, there's copyright, there is service mark, trademark, and all of that. There are differences. There are similarities. That's another show. But all right. three of them dealing with making sure whatever your identity, even as far 
is going to the intellectual property of your business, of your slogan, of your website, of your logos, whatever the case may be. Make sure they're legally protected because if anybody, let's say, try to copy your logo and try to use it for their own, you have a right to sue them. That's right. That's right. And, oh, that's a nice going down the yellow brick road to follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just quit. Okay, hold on. We're going to go on one more break because i got one more audio to do. And this audio uh, is about um, not just only, you know, becoming a business owner a black owned, of a black-owned business, but it's about taking your money to another level, which is dealing with investment, putting your money in the stocks and different things like that. So uh, this gentleman that I found this video on, actually he is from Blog Talk Radio. He's a host for the Advise Show, okay? And I am going to play this. And Toledo, be still, stand, stand, stand by because you might get something out of this where we can, uh, you know, where you can tell the listeners about something about this too because uh, I not too long just came from a women's uh, uh, night out seminar on real estate and investing. So we'll be right back. You are listening to Lordy Miss Party and Company on Blog Talk Radio with my co-host Agape and Mystery and we are going on to the next audio. You have something to say? Call in at the call in number Seven eight eight four eight six eight four. That number again is three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four. The guest toll free number is eight seven seven four eight three three one five three. That number again is eight seven seven four eight three three one five three. Here we go. I was having a conversation with a brother yesterday, and we were talking about some things, and I even brought this up on the radio show. The, one of the reasons why the black community isn't respected is because a lot of us, not all, a lot of us don't realize we are in a position of begging people for stuff. We are in a position of wanting to be involved with other people's stuff instead of having our own. Do you realize that at this day and time, black people have achieved a whole lot? Yes, they have. Black people have the most money that they've ever had in their life at this point in time. You had the most freedom that you ever had in this nation like you have at this point in time. You even got Barack Obama as your president, okay? Many of the old people thought, and even me personally, thought that would never happen in the United States of America, but it's happened twice already, okay? But in the midst of all that, Obama does great for himself or whatever. I'm talking about you. You understand something. Power respects power. And the reason why a lot of us in the black community isn't respected is because of our economic power. Now, black people have money. Black people are not broke. You know why I'm going to say you're not broke? Why every time iPhone come out? There's a bunch of black people in line to buy iPhone. Every time new shoes come out, it's a bunch of black folks in line to buy shoes, no matter if it's $200, $300. So you got money. You got the latest clothes on. I didn't even know the other day, because I don't wear expensive clothes, that Hollister shirts cost $60 And I see a lot of black folks wearing that stuff. So you got money. Your cars look good. You spend money on that. 
You'll slap some twelve, thirteen hundred dollar rims on your ride. So you got money. It's not that you don't have money. It's the fact of the matter is you don't apply it to where you need to apply it to. And you need to do your research on Black Wall Street. On Black Wall Street, don't take away, and everybody want to talk about the destruction of Black Wall Street. I don't want to talk about the destruction of it. I don't even want to talk about the even racism that, kept, that was in the midst of the destruction of it. Throw that part away. I want to talk about what got Black Wall Street to where it's at, and that's what blacks need to move to now. Okay? You need to move more to self-sufficiency, business ownership, and investment. That's where you need to move to, black folks. Think about it. If at least 80% of you were business owners, or at least had high-paying, lucrative careers in fields that that nobody could run you out of, literally, it wouldn't even be no need for affirmative action whatsoever. If at least, and I'm talking to you brothers, and I'll get to you sisters in a minute, you brothers, and you get in the business, at least for the things that black folks do, at least that much. Like, for instance, black people like putting rims on their car. Let's just be honest. Why don't you brothers be uh, having tire shops, selling rims? There's nothing wrong with that. You see, I don't care if somebody say, well, it's stereotypical. I don't care what stereotype is. I see everybody driving around with rims. Black, white, Mexican, Asian, I see everybody. You brothers need to start opening up some rim shops. There's nothing wrong with that. You brothers need to start in having your own shoe stores. Y'all always in line to buy a shoe store. You brothers always buying phones. Y'all got the latest phones. Why don't you open up some cell phone shops? Cell phones. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to think more about business. Get into business. It's because when you have your own business, who set the rules? You. Who gonna fire you? Nobody. Because that's your own business. Nobody can tell you, well, you know, we're downsizing, so we have to let you go. No. Because you be in business for yourself. And do you know when you in business for yourself, that is power. That is economic power. Think about it. If at least 80% of black folks was business owners, at least that much, do you know that, that it would be a total thought process change toward black people say, wait a minute, them black people, they got money all of a sudden. We got to approach these black folks different. And then I, it wouldn't just be Democrats that just come talk to us. It'd be Republicans as well because they'd be trying to get our vote because, wait a minute, black folks are campaign donors now, big time, because they got all these businesses. You get what I'm saying? We need to create our own businesses. We need to invest. Instead of you spending a money on $300 pair of shoes and go get you an iPhone, why don't you open you up an E-Trade, a SkyTrade account, and, and put the $500 in there, and you see all these slaves in the industry. I'm talking about the, when you stay in the long line, it's like you're slaves in the industry. You're making Apple all this money. Why don't you buy Apple stock? You're making Nike all this money. Why don't you buy Nike stock? Samsung, all the whatever ones. Why don't you buy stock into these companies at least? That way when all these brand new gadgets come out and you see them lines of people standing, you're like, oh, shoot. I'm good. Company making money. Stock going up. <laughs> you can invest just as much as Mitt Romney invests, but you choose not to. You think Mitt Romney, of all people, all the means he gets, you think he started off uh, with millions of dollars? No, he just learned the system and, and just and knew all the loopholes. That's what Mitt Romney did. 
you can do the exact same thing. America is a capitalistic society. You can do the exact same thing in the area of your money and finance. But we don't do that. We like we're afraid to invest our money. We're afraid. We're afraid to step out and own our own business. It's like some of you are afraid to even have a black person ahead of you in anything. You try to uh, cutthroat them, try to undermine them, but you find with a boss that's white over you, a lot of you black folks. It's the truth. And don't say I'm lying about it. When you step out in the business for yourself, you're the boss. Nobody else. It's a process, of course, to get there. But you get there. You work your job while you're building your business. Once your business is making way more money than your job, then you can walk away. You know what I'm saying? The last thing, don't you think it's offensive that other people groups are in your neighborhood running shop, but yet you go to their neighborhood and you're not there running shop? Don't you think that's like offensive and out of order, but you allow it? Let's get an example, sisters. You're not offended that every shop that you go to to buy weave, the Koreans <laughs> own it? On every block they own weave? Oh. Why are black women own that? All black men. Why is that? Wouldn't it be strange that if you go to a Mexican food or Chinese food restaurant and a bunch of black folks own it and black folks is all working in there, but yet black folks are selling enchiladas and rice? Wouldn't that look strange? I mean, everybody runs their own stuff. You go to a Mexican food restaurant, Mexicans run it and own it. You go to the Chinese, the Chinese run it. That's what you're supposed to see. But no, in our community, we'll let the Koreans come in and sell weave. How the Koreans going to tell you as a black woman was good hair or not? They don't wear it. So how could they even tell you? And sisters, you don't think that's out of line and out of order. How have we gotten to the point where we let Koreans come into our community and sell you stuff for you? You're supposed to own that. You're supposed to shun them Koreans and open up your own. I ain't got nothing against Koreans. I'm just making a point. No, you're not, you don't own stuff in other people's communities. Well, why they own the stuff in yours? And you patronizing them at the same time. None of you sisters that got business degrees or brothers that got business degrees can't start selling weeds. Get with somebody who, who's passionate about black women's hair and start selling weave. You can't do that? Yes, you can. Stop just buying weave and look to own that junk. There's nothing wrong with that. I remember when I heard them women on TV say they spent $700 a weave. I say, you know what? Let me finish doing what I'm trying to do right now, and I'm going to look into getting into weave business. You can call me what you want. I'm going to look into getting into that weave business because if women are spending $700 on some weave, something that's temporary, and they going to keep coming back to buy it, oh, i got to get involved with that. I'll, I'm going to look. I'm trusting. I'm going to research it once I get finished doing what I'm doing now, the business venture that I got going on. Because I'm sick of them Koreans owning stuff that belongs to us. That stuff belongs to us. Now, you have your opinion about weave you want. I don't care about your opinion. I'm talking about the business aspect of it. The sisters who want to wear it, that's them. It ain't nobody's business. If, they, if, if you ain't buying and putting the weave in their hair, don't worry about it. If you don't like a chick with weave, don't get one with, with a chick with weave. You're going to be one woman at a time anyway. Some of y'all dudes who are caught up on talking about weave, and y'all be, be still trying to get them chick pants with the weave in their head. So just, y'all just need some of that talk about weave get on my nerves. 
You know what I'm saying? That's just my personal opinion. But the point I'm making is y'all don't y'all should get upset to the point that you want to take the market over. Black people need to get into more business ownership and investment and have economic power more than what you do. Because you have money. It's not that you broke. You got money. You just don't apply it where you should. And in that turn, that's how we're going to get our respect. Everybody likes to talk about Africa and the kings of Africa and Egypt. They had <laughs> economic power. That's why they were respected. Mm-hmm. They weren't begging nobody for anything. They was running stuff. And that's what we have to do in our cities and states. We have to get economic power by business and investment. Anyway, hit me up in the comments, future commentary, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh, well, now, see, now, now that was, that was hard, but true, okay? <laughs> now, first of all, I want to thank all of these specific uh Audios, the people that were talking on these audios that I was given an uh, opportunity to not only just share them with, you know, our listeners, but the opportunity to also promote, you know, these specific artists in these areas that's talking about uh, their business and why it's so important to own your own business as a black person in your own community. Uh, But I also want to also crack a joke. (laughs) Now, this is Lardy Miss Clardy talking. Now, where he took it, he said, you know, he's tired of them Koreans, you know, over there selling our black hair when us as black women and black men need to be selling our own black hair. I said, hmm. I said, well, you know what? And he said, and, and the person only, they spent $700 for some weed, temporary, temporarily to build your hair. I said, well, thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I got my I got my twisties up, you know, natural. You know what I'm saying? Just let it grow. I didn't even want you know what? I wouldn't even buy from them no more. You know, the Revlon, you know, the the, the you know the the perms and stuff. Just go natural. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully that there will be in 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 the future somewhere that black somebody black will will sell black black products, okay? That one there is interesting because yeah. I I have read an article with respect to black hair care products and why so many Koreans own the mm-hmm. companies. Koreans own the companies because the the supply that you have inside the stores are from Korea. Right. So when so they grow the hair there. <laughs> well, there's no, the products. Of what I'm the saying. products are coming from Korea or like the Indian right. hair from the Korea. Indian. This was but, from the Middle East. Right, but the thing about this, there was a whole article. I I read a whole oh, thing on God. it, and part of it Brazilian was Brazilian ain't over here. I know, but they. They package it up. It goes there. They package it up. They import it. Right. Like it doesn't come to America. Okay. Right. So they were saying that when it comes to black businesses for black hair, I'm trying to find out where we what, where we growing black I'm, hair at. That's what I'm explaining. Oh, okay. They okay. Say that the Koreans put boycotts on black businesses that try to. Promote and sell black hair. Shut up. No, really, because you gotta be kidding. No, that's why they say that the market when a black hair care business has the same items as a Korean owned hair care business, the black hair care business has to charge you more because they are being required to pay more for the same product. So it's a monopoly on it. 
by the Koreans. Basically, when How it dare them? Down, <laughs> and I'm still trying it to figure it out. Okay, now. Well, I know I'm telling you, I'm talking to them. I know you're telling the truth about it. You know, the point is that Yaki here, come on now. Yaki here. Now, come on now. Even if you black hair, you just we got some afros. You got some you, afros out there. But if you look past that aspect, I just wanted to say that. That's because good. Because it is something That's that good. I have tried to patronize black hair companies. <laughs> They're few and far between, and they don't last, and that's one of the reasons. That's bad. But as far as what the brother was saying, mm. everything he was everything saying was on was point. On point, yeah. We buy, point. buy an iPhone. Exactly. And we should be everything we buy and we should. Right. Money to 
more money so that, like he said, to have economic power in order to have respect. And 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 in this time where we're at in this day and time, we don't got that kind of respect. At least they don't look at us in the way that they should. Because why? We're too much consuming. Right. We're doing too much mm-hmm. consuming. So you know, and as he said before, uh, in 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 this particular uh, uh, audio, he talked about isn't it strange? <laughs> I couldn't help but crack up laughing. Isn't it strange? You know that uh, you know you got other people groups mm-hmm. in your neighborhood mm-hmm. where it used to be long time ago. It was community mm-hmm. entrepreneurs businesses going on. Now you got uh, the Jordanians, mm-hmm. Koreans, mm-hmm. in every aspect. And what really cracked me up is is that the Koreans know how to make Spanish food and the Spanish people know how to make Korean food and we ain't even jumping in. We making Korean food and Spanish food in the in in our in the in the comforts of our home. Mm-hmm. And we can't go and we can't do a business on that, but we're supposed to be in cooking fields. So but let let's let, let's take let's take it to Toledo because I know Toledo got some stuff to say. I just know she do. And then I want her to put out there about her business and how people can contact her, you know, because she has a wealth of information and knowledge and how to help women. And technology. That's right. Get, you know, make a movement. That's Mm -hmm. right. And to, for us to be upgraded. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, here we go. We calling on you again, uh, Toledo. Toledo, are you on the line? Hello, I'm still here. All right. <laughs> now I'm going. Okay. Now we're almost at the end of uh, of this particular show, and we're going to come back and we're going to do more of these shows. And we in, in we enjoyed you so much. Uh, you know, I I had to have you here, and I'm happy that you had come on to our show to share your ideals and your opinions on about black businesses and where we're at. So in this midst, when you heard the audio on on uh, the advisor show, the gentleman, I think his name is Philip. He's from Blog Talk Radio, and I found this. Uh, audio, and I had to bring it onto this show, and that's part of my job also to do is to promote other people's businesses, you know, even on my radio program because there's always room to help other people. So what what do you think about, uh, you know, that audio clip? Okay. Uh, first, I'd like to say I was glad to join in. I thank you very much. The audio clip is right on point. I want to add, though, that uh, and it's one that I had to keep my temper down because it could make the blood boil. Okay, you say <laughs> you don't have enough money to take advantage of something that can help you be an online or on-site computer training. But then yeah. somehow, someway, you're not going to question uh, an offering from somewhere else, and you know they're not going to give you a hookup. Because Absolutely. if you try to ask for one, you will be looked at as if, as if you lost your mind. Absolutely. So why do people keep doing, especially our own, keep doing that to us? It's a 
it, it, it's a hurting thing because it, it is a hurting there thing. There are there are there are those of us who are in black business, and this is why we are either taking a great leap of faith and doing it entrepreneurial one hundred and one thousand percent, or having to have a side job or a full time job to survive until the business gets afloat because yeah. the population of a large of a large number of us who are consumers mm-hmm. support on the other side instead of your own side. We agree. And you know that that and to add to that, uh where where you know where you were just saying about where he's on point at and where you're bringing out this particular uh uh, uh part that you want people to understand is computer training. Um, just like when I went to another event before, and the first thing that they talked about now, okay, you know, when you do an investment or you doing anything dealing with, uh, you know, computers uh, uh, in order to be educated, what I found is that some of these uh, 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 places that give seminars and different things of the sort, they pull you in. You know, with you know, hey, we got prizes, food, uh-huh, and we uh-huh. and we getting ready to train you. But they don't uh-huh. never say off the rip how much it's gonna cost to uh-huh. come. And when you get there, <laughs> and you ain't got no money in your pocket. Say you uh-huh. say you one is coming from the grassroots community, trying to you know get ahead and get some education. Versus another mm-hmm. one that come with just a little bit of money to get the same mm-hmm. education. And then you've got one that's, that's from the middle class that's got the money that's there to get the education. And we all mm-hmm. been there, uh, you know, based up off of the, you know, the, uh, the food and the free gifts, right? And then after they finish with you, with uh, reeling you in and then showing you a few a few things, then they say, now, uh, to be a part of this, it's going to cost you uh, $2,000 to be a part of, you know, this three-day cruise training that we got going on for you to be able to learn how to be financially free. And I'm like, man, Listen, I even had to come up to one and tell them, look, I'm from the grassroots community. You know what I'm saying? Do you, <laughs> do you got anything for a sister that's broke? Because you didn't tell me nothing about that it was going to cost this, so I wouldn't have came. Probably a whole lot of people mm-hmm. wouldn't have came. You see what I'm saying? You know, so I asked them, do you have anything that's available for the grassroots? There are people that's in the grassroots community that are that are willing and wanting this type of information in order to make their lives better. Do you have a, a lower price than two thousand dollars? <laughs> and then I was was I not told that they had a scholarship program and they was given scholarships, but did nobody ever come to them? I said. Now how you now we know scholarship money, you ain't gonna get that money unless you in the class, right? So uh okay, so then that means what? Okay, y'all just didn't give the scholarship money. 
because can't nobody take scholarship money without going to the class to get the money, and they apply that immediately to the class training. It don't hit your hand. Right. So my yeah, because in the stipulations that stipulations that come with if you wanting to get the scholarship money because you gotta have a certain GPA or or whatever the are and the policies and procedures for that. For Absolutely. the uh seminar and then you find out that it costs two thousand or five thousand or whatever <laughs> the cost is. Well you say, is there something for the grassroots community? Yeah, y'all say y'all hungry all the time, so you got your free food. I hope you're satisfied. Absolutely, and a free gift. And to, and me, that's gift. Victim, to me, that's victimization. Matter of fact, to me, that's fraud. You know, to to reel in people, you know, uh, to promise mm-hmm. to be able to help them, and they get in there and they and, and they are weeded out from being a part of programs that could be very useful in helping black people to further, you know, upgrade, uh, you know, and their lifestyle. further their education. You're right. Yes. You need to have that education. And a lot of times, investment, stocks, whatever, that's something that's foreign to us, and that falls along the lines of financial literacy and learning that's true. Now, now, I agree with you and I disagree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you with the fact that yes, okay. Why did you feel you had to do a lural tactic or fishing tactic to bring me in? Because right. I'm excited about this information. I need to learn. But then you either put it in very small print that takes a magnifying glass in order to see the language <laughs> of it, or you don't mention it at all. That you know we're going to give you as free as possible. But in order for you to get the further education that you need or the further whatever you need is going to cost you this much. I disagree with you because of how you look at it. You have to look at it from the standpoint, you know what, and I've been in similar situations, you know I might not be able to afford this, but then at the same time, why are you here? Why are you giving me this free food? I'm going to learn as much as possible. Absolutely. Now, that's, no, I wanted you to say just that because people need to hear that part. Now, of course, I already know that. Matter of fact, you give me a little bit of something, even a little bit that you gave me, I'm going to go and do research. So you're exactly. absolutely right. Where I was coming at about the fraud part is, is that didn't after they get you two thousand dollars to go uh, to a retreat for three days, then once you get mm-hmm. to the retreat, then it's another fifteen hundred dollars to get to the next <laughs> phase, and then that's another retreat, and then another retreat. Now they're asking for nine hundred dollars. Next thing you, you know, know, you be you be them paid. You be them paid for school, your school education. You know into tuition uh, increments in the way that they give it to you over 13. Now, I looked one up. They have one training after another, and it was 13 in all. When they get finished with you, you done paid, like my brother was saying, almost $10,000 for edu- being educated on how to be an investor. And most of that's but, you know. but you see, they're not, right, and but you know they're not going to tell you all that. Because they, they gotta try 
because they got to try to get you there. If they were to advertise fully, right, if they were to advertise fully that, you know what, why don't you come to this because we're going to make sure you're fed. We're going to give you all this information as much as possible, although you won't understand it because the first place you didn't research our company anyway and we know that you didn't research our company. So so therefore important research the company. You gotta research the company and take the time to do that. Well girl, my Saturday is busy you know, busy, you know, I don't have time for all that. Oh really? Well you know what? You will make the time to whatever's important to you. And mm-hmm. girl, that's gonna interrupt with my hair appointment, whatever. Well, schedule it early. Get your quick napkin and go to that seminar, or go to that trainer, go to that whatever, and learn whatever you can learn. Because that's right. To get that, you know, by financial education, get that's that right. investment, get your research the company, all that. Take the time because you say you want further ahead yourself, especially in business. Well, guess what? This is an opportunity to do it. Can you do it all the time, every day, whatever? Maybe not. But if you got the chance to do that, and hey, it's free, and hey, they're going to feed you. Maybe not the best food, but hey, make make sure it's healthy enough for you to consume <laughs> and uh, get get all that you can get. Okay. You make sure you get all you can get because if now if you can afford that two thousand, one thousand, fifteen hundred and this, that, and the other following up. Go go ahead and do the same thing. Get all you can get or whatever. But if I can't get it, and even if that free gift isn't necessarily, you know, maybe... Hey, I need maybe not beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good free gift because sometimes free gifts aren't even in the bath and body category. Okay. Some of the, some of the free gifts, I, I've been to a similar situation. Some of the free gifts I've got, I'm like... Okay. <laughs> you know, you gotta be nice. You gotta be nice. <laughs> okay. And I'm be- okay. And, and I'm being nice. You'd be like, what the, you know, and all that. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Now we're at the end of the wire, but I want to uh, give you the opportunity, as you are on the Lardy Miss Cardi and uh, and company on Blog Talk Radio, and you had mentioned that you had a business. Why don't you tell the listeners about your business, even though you're in Toledo, Ohio, and we're here in Moreno Valley. Tell the people how that they can reach you, you know, for the uh, specialties that you do in your area and what you do in your business. I would be I would be happy to uh, have your information for them to find you. Okay, thank you very much. Again, my name is Amber Hawkins. Uh, President CEO of Your Computer Needs of Toledo LLC, uh, celebrating the 10th anniversary of the model computer training and more that comes to you, uh, online and on-site computer training and consulting, everything from beginning computer literacy to Office 2013 to even Office for Mac 2011. Uh, Other services and products, including... Uh, virtual training, virtual consulting, and also if you need a speaker for any events and they deal with computers and technology or you need insight as far as computers and technology, you can go to www.yourcomputerneeds.net. Again, that's www.yourcomputerneeds.net. The contact number 419 419- 
404-454-4564. If you'd like to contact me, you can click on the Contact Us link of yourcomputerneeds.net. Click there, fill out the information, click Submit. It will come to me, and I will get right back with you. All right, all right. Now, mention that telephone number again. And, you know, and and just mention that piece right there uh, that you just said. Mention it one more time. The contact number again, 419-304-4564. You can click on the Contact Us link of yourcomputerneeds.net. Fill out the information, and it will come to me again on-site and online, computer training and consulting, other services and products include if you need to have a speaker to speak about the trends of computers and technology, anything to deal with computers and technology, or if you need a panelist that can bring insights in regards to computers and technology. All right. I thank you very, very, very much, Ms. Hawkins, for being on our show and helping us to get our people to uh, get active in, you know, uh, buying power and being entrepreneurs, black-owned business and communities. And it is our business to tell your business on black businesses, where are we at? And you have listened to Lordy Miss Cardi and Company on Blog. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.